Hey peeps, it's me, Christine, and I want to share with you a game-changing product that has improved my sleep and daily health. So let's dive in. You all know through my journey, I have struggled with sleep, being afraid of it, not getting quality sleep, and not being able to regulate my temperature throughout the night. I definitely learned the hard way, but sleep matters big time. It's when your muscles repair, your brain detoxes, and your body can work on cellular renewal. We just can't afford to miss out on an adequate amount of high-quality sleep, which is kind of hard when you have a rare disease. There's not much that I control in this real life, but one of the easiest and most effective ways to get better sleep every single night is through temperature regulation. Studies actually prove cooler temperatures lead to a deeper, more restful sleep, and that insomniacs actually lack this natural drop in core body temperature, which is what keeps them up at night. Personally, I run hot. This means that even if my room is super cold, I wake up in a pool of sweat, uncomfortable, changing my clothes several times throughout the night. It's frustrating for obvious reasons, and this is why I was so relieved to discover this transformative products from Chili. The Cube from Chili Sleep is a system that fits right over the top of your mattress and uses water to control the temperature of your bed, which helps lower your internal temperature and triggers deeper, relaxing sleep. Since water has 30 times more thermal conductivity than air, these systems are a lot more effective than just cranking up the AC. I mean, I keep my house at 65, so it has to be true. Ever since I started using the Cube system, I've noticed I fall asleep a lot faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. (laughs) Now, my wife is not a polar bear like me and likes to sleep a little bit warmer, so I love that we can each have our own temperatures on either side of the bed. Chili products can range between 55 and 115 degrees. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilisleep.com backslash findyourrare20, you get 20% off the Cube All Sleep Systems with Find Your Rare 20. Sleep is something we could all use more of, and we can all take small steps towards getting better sleep to improve our life in big ways. I hope you'll check out the Chili Sleep System and see why I love their product so much. Hey, peeps, and welcome back to another episode of Because We Are Strong. I'm Teresa O, aka Tico, and the marketing coordinator for Rare. Today, I'm flying solo to tell you the story of how I became Rare. Buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Because We're Strong podcast, where we sit down every week to get your stories and insight on how to navigate this rare life. You can expect everything real and raw in the hopes that your story, along with ours, helps another person who is dealing with a similar rare struggle. So grab your favorite drink, a comfy blanket, and buckle in, because rare disease isn't for the faint of heart. My rare journey began when I was 27. What started as a normal shopping trip to a sporting goods store turned into a life-changing experience. My wife and I went to the store and I saw a camping chair that turned into a backpack. I thought that was the coolest thing and picked it up for a closer look. The chair snapped on my left hand, pinching my thumb and wrist at a really awkward angle. It was painful, but I didn't think much of it at first. As we left the store, my hand and wrist just didn't feel right. We made the decision to take me into an urgent care. I've always been accident prone, so I just thought this would be another basic sprain. 
They put me in a wrist brace and sent me home with a referral to a hand specialist. When I went and saw the hand specialist, she said I had Dequervin's tenosynovitis and put me in a hard half brace for 12 weeks, 24-7, and had me go to occupational therapy. The weeks went by and my wrist and hand were getting worse. I was experiencing numbness, pain, pins and needles, and the temperature in my hand was always at an extreme, either ice cold or burning hot. The hand specialist claimed she didn't know what was wrong with me and completely dismissed my pain, but referred me to a neurologist. At the time, I was working as a project coordinator for a digital marketing company. I loved what I did, but suddenly after being injured, I was barely able to type, let alone work on the code for websites. Weeks went by, the pain and other symptoms worsening. Finally, I was able to see the neurologist. After examining me, he determined I needed a nerve conduction study. That was quite the experience. He noticed my pain response was astronomical compared to what it should have been for the type of injury I had. He told me there was no nerve damage, thankfully, but I most likely had a rare condition called complex regional pain syndrome, or CRPS. My brain had not recognized that my injury was healing and was continuing to send out pain signals to my hand and wrist, causing the unusual response. The pain response started spreading to my other hand while waiting for my evaluation with pain management. After weeks of trying to get proper accommodations at work, my doctor and I made the decision for me to leave. Pain management confirmed my diagnosis and I sunk into a massive depression. I went from having the best paying job of my life to sleeping the majority of the day, barely able to move my hands. I suddenly needed help with so much and it was a lot to handle. I spent the year working on my mental health and trying to just survive. In October of 2018, I started physical rehab with a special pain program. It consisted of physical therapy, occupational therapy, biofeedback, and pain psychology. With their help and the right medications, I went into remission and gained some of my confidence back. But at the same time I was in the program, I started having other problems. I was constantly nauseous and threw up often. Doctors ran multiple tests and sent me to various specialists. Finally, I was sent to a gastroenterologist. After some exploratory procedures and a gastric emptying study, he determined that I have another rare condition called gastroparesis. This means my stomach is partially paralyzed and food doesn't digest properly. I had to make diet changes and stop drinking. I tried to work again, but ended up having to leave every job I took over the next two years because I would miss so much work due to the days I was too sick to leave bed and from multiple hospital admissions. I had to make the hard decision to stop working yet again and had to fight my depression and anxiety that kept telling me I was worthless. I ended up going to a motility specialist, and after further testing, we realized I wouldn't qualify for the procedures that might be able to help me, such as a pyloroplasty and a gastric pacemaker. I was stuck in a vicious cycle of nausea and vomiting, and after being hospitalized for eight days because I couldn't keep anything down, we decided it was time for a feeding tube. 
On September 21st, 2020, I had my surgical GJ tube placed. There are multiple types of tubes. A G tube goes to your stomach and a J tube goes to your intestines. A GJ is beneficial for some gastroparesis patients because the G portion allows you to vent gastric juices, so lovely, I know, to relieve nausea. And the J portion is what you send formula to in order to receive nutrition. I wish I could say that's where my story ended and I lived happily ever after, but it's not. I have an extremely complicated relationship with my tube. It's a blessing in that it keeps me out of the hospital for the most part and is a way to keep my body alive. But it's also a curse at sometimes. Getting insurance to cover my supplies was a battle and sometimes still is. I dealt with a lot of pain and infection in the first six months, and then my tube broke, and the replacement process was a nightmare. One of the things I struggle with the most, though, is being an obese tubey. People constantly question my need for a tube. I can still eat a few things by mouth, but the tube is there to provide me with the nutrition that my body does not absorb otherwise. But people don't understand that. Just like there are ambulatory wheelchair users, some tubies can still eat a little. People assume that only super thin people are feeding tube users, but that's just not true. I wish that people would stop judging a book by its cover and start believing people and their lived experiences. Some people are just plain mean about me having a tube. I already have enough self-esteem issues without having internet trolls make fun of my videos. I create my content because I want to show anyone who is remotely like me that they are not alone. Our journeys are different, but we can all relate on some level. Just remember, it costs zero dollars to be kind. Thank you to everyone who listens to the Because We Are Strong podcast as we bridge the gap between rare disease and the rest of the world. If you would like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at Reese. L-O-V-E 21. You can also email me at TCO at findyourrare.com. Until next time, live large and stay rare. Catch us next week for another episode. To continue the conversation about rare disease and all the unknowns that comes with it, join our Facebook group. Want even more rare? Become a VRP member on Patreon and learn more about our stories or how to share yours by visiting bwspod.com.